Thanks for listening to this episode of The Narrative. Before we get started, if you've got a question or a comment for a future episode that you'd like us to address, feel free to give us a call or text us at 614-769-7077. Again, that number is 614-769-7077. Or you can send us an email, thenarrative at ccv.org. We do care deeply, and the truth that we understand is, please come away from this lifestyle. Please come to where God wants you to flourish, where he's designed you to be. So uh, that's, our, that's our motivation. So prayer for, the, the, for believers to, to be able to blend truth and love yeah. beautifully, and for, this, and, and for the gospel to go out. Welcome back to The Narrative. I'm Mike Andrews, joined today by David Mahan. David, I don't know if you've noticed around the office this week this weird white balloon that's been floating around. I think we need to talk to Aaron if he's like surveilling us or what's going on with that. But yeah. uh, it seems to be going around. I think they uh, they lost it when I got over West Virginia. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the whole idea, Mike, that, um, that this thing they say is the size of three school buses um, nobody knew it was there until somebody found it and saw it up in Montana. Is that right? Don't we have an air force or some kind of stuff? Yeah. You would uh, think that you would spot it on the trackers yeah. and all the flight paths and, and somebody like at that. the Pentagon with a telescope somewhere. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Montana, What's going on? With the least densely populated state in the nation is where they finally discover this thing. And then right. they just let it cruise off the rest of the country. Right. And I Atlanta know guys country. like from Montana, like there's a lot of weapons in Montana, you know, some stuff that probably reached 58,000 feet. You know why they needed an F-22 <laughs> to shoot down an air balloon. Uh, I don't know, but th- it is interesting. I was listening this morning to folks responding to the state of the union and all of that. And, the fact that that uh, we're literally saying um, we didn't know that it was here, and um, you know what? What if there was? Uh, you know, there were there were cameras on it, but what if there were weapons? What if there were? I, I, I don't know. I you know sometimes I, I I get involved in this political stuff, and I'm thinking, man, everybody's liars. They just they're all liars. Like you can't believe anything comes out of their mouth. But uh, I do kind of wish they'd have let that thing float over uh, Kentucky or West Virginia. That'd have been amazing. Yeah. So just to be clear, Aaron's spy balloon in the office. I'm just going to go ahead and say he's he's the one that put the one in our office. You're taking that thing out before it hits the front door, right? We can count on you for that. I'll, I'll take care of it. All right. That's good to know. That's good to know. Well, you mentioned State of the Union. I feel like we at least need to, to address the president's address from earlier this week. Yeah. And really at the end of the day, there's nothing new there. We kind of knew knew what to expect. It's going to be more talk of unity and then pretty much painting half of the country who doesn't agree with the president in a very negative light. And that's yeah. exactly what played out last. It was last the same old same. I was, I was in a board meeting, got out late and, uh, you know, kept, you know, caught some of it, but I don't know, Mike, if I've ever seen the dynamics that played out in the state of the union. And again, it's not that I'm proud of it, but you know, there was there was booing. There was uh, like laughter, like because the president was saying some things that really nobody could believe came out of his mouth. And and I'm it looked like it was both sides of the aisle, you know, but, you know, folks were calling him a liar. He talked about, you know, one side he was talking about the fentanyl issue. And then folks were like, it's your fault. Like you you open up the borders. Of course, we're going to have a fentanyl issue. You know, how are you going to completely open up the borders? You know, they're bringing in this drug and then complain about a drug problem in America. 
a uh, lot of things going on like that, but the dynamics are just something I've never seen before. Yeah, it's it's getting to a fever pitch, maybe to the point of I didn't think we could get to this point. I thought we've reached the as bad as it can get, and yeah. it just keeps getting worse. Yeah. And the statesmanship um, continues to deteriorate almost in front of our eyes, it yeah. seems like. I was cracking up, to be honest with you, and I, <laughs> I guess I should repent. I was cracking up laughing, but my wife, uh, who was right there next to me, she was like, but this is serious, though. Yeah. Like, this this is embarrassing. Um, other leaders are watching. Uh, weakness is provocative. Um, you know, the disunity is one thing. Um, but it's almost like folks are just setting us up for failure intentionally. Um, and, and just me working down here uh, for as long as I have, there's so much that goes on down here. Like, I would say... The, the average person doesn't know 10% of what's going on in this state. How do you multiply that across an entire nation? Like, what is going on? Yeah. Let me ask you this, Dave, and this is an off-the-cuff question, but how much of this is just pure theater, just for the sake of being theatrical and dramatic? And, and I know you can't speak to the national level, but stuff that you see across the state, how much of it is just theatrical? How much of that is just pure theater? I, I know it sounds disrespectful, Mike, but... A lot of it is theater. I mean, when you when you see folks sitting up there sometimes in hearings and, uh, you know, somebody will say something and then a, a member will, you know, start talking and go on this whole rant that has nothing to do with what the person just said. I remember one time I was in D.C. I was testifying before Congress and Ilhan Omar did that um, over and over and over again. She was just making sound bites. It, You know, we were sitting there at first the first couple of times like that has nothing to do with what either one of us said. Um, but that didn't matter. It was theatrics. Um, and, and the other part of the theatrics that really frustrate me is, um, you know, when some of these members are in district um, and they're responding to what their constituents are saying back in district, you know, it sounds so, you know, oh, this is this is crazy. We got to do something. We can't put up with this. Hey, we're going to find a solution to this. And then sometimes they get back down here to the state house, and either one, they uh, absolutely say or do nothing, right, that, yeah. that they said, um, or two, they will actually speak in favor of uh, the thing they said was so appalling back in district. Um, because back in district, it's the voice of the people that matters. But here at the state house, it's the voice of the lobbyists and special interests. So there's a lot of smoke and mirrors going on and a lot of theatrics. Yeah, speaking of theatrics, there's a, another pretty big story. I don't know if it's a big story. I probably shouldn't say that. But it was going around social media. Our listeners may have been aware of this from the Grammy performance on, I think it was Sunday night. Right, because you went to the Grammys, right, I with was the kids? There. Yeah, I was there. I was nominated for, baby my, Mike for and... my soul album. It was, uh, <laughs> it was a big hit. <laughs> but Sam Smith got up on stage and pretty much had a satanic worship service as nice. part of his performance and generated a lot of buzz, you know. I'm kind of the mindset. What else would you expect? Yeah. Like, who, if who it's their church, why wouldn't they have that right. kind of thing? Right. There? Who, who hasn't done a satanic ritual, you know, every once in a while? Yeah, exactly. But it, it's one thing if this is coming from a church pulpit, we would want to call that out. When Absolutely. it's coming from Hollywood in the entertainment industry, yeah. I'm kind of over here shrugging my shoulders like, what? seriously, folks, what would you expect? Yeah. Like, don't let your kids watch that stuff and... Just leave it alone. Don't yeah. give it the time of day. What do you expect from Hollywood? I don't even get into Christian Hollywood, right? Like, you know, we, we put these people on pedestals and then, I mean, there was a there was a Christian artist who had his wife there wearing some kind of nude 
you know, see-through dress thing, and folks went all up in arms about that. The thing that frustrates me about it, and I, and I used to be that guy, you know, I was a youth minister all those years. I would bring up all of the things that were going on in Hollywood and hip-hop and, and rock that was really glorifying Satan, and, and I would do whole presentations around it for parents. But then when I got into public public policy, and I didn't just see antichrist in entertainment, but I'm seeing antichrist in hospitals. I'm seeing antichrist behavior at the state house, you know, pushing policies that are absolutely antichrist. And so all these folks that are up in arms about a skit, you know, a demonic skit, but a skit nonetheless. But I can't get them to get up in arms and even, you know, say anything about what's going up up the street with child mutilation and sterilizing little kids and you know, uh, aborting, you know, babies at seven and eight months. I I can't get anybody to talk about that demonic behavior, but we can go all it up in arms on social media about a skit. You're not going to change Hollywood. You're not going to change the Grammys. But if you are motivated to action, invest that action locally right. in your state, in your neighborhood. You can make a difference there. And I think that's that's the biggest thing that comes away from something like that. Don't. That's right. Don't spend your time being a keyboard warrior for something that you cannot change. That's right. There's plenty of demonic stuff we can we can take care of right up the street. Yeah, absolutely. Well, before we get to our interview segment for today, I did want to let our listeners know we've got a new phone number that you can call us or text us on, leave us a voicemail. We're going to do toward the end of our season here and ask us anything episode. So we want to hear from you folks and you can reach us at 614 769 Seven zero seven seven. This is dangerous, David. Right. We don't know who's going to call Aaron's in. Aaron's personal number. <laughs> yeah, we are going to get all kinds of nasty voicemail left for him. Six one four seven six nine seven zero seven seven. We're going to be mentioning this throughout the next few weeks, so you'll have a chance to to come back to it if you need a refresher. But please give us a call. Send us a text. Let us know if you've got a question. If you've got feedback on the show. If you've got maybe a guest or a topic you'd like us to cover, we want to hear from you. And the other option is a new email address that we're debuting. It's just the narrative at ccv.org. So you can get your questions in that way. And really, we just want to interact with you. We want to hear from the people that are listening to us and, and try and keep our pulse on what you think as listeners and to talk about things that you care about. So we look forward to doing that, and we look forward in a moment to talking with Van and Janelle Holloway. They are kind of at the center of the Xenia YMCA uh, issues that we talked about last week on the show, and we look forward to hearing from them on the other side of this break, so stick around. Hey, Narrative listeners. You know, Christians in the marketplace today face more unique and challenging threats than ever before. Businesses are following woke capitalism, chambers of commerce are beholden to social justice, and secular activists are chipping away Christians' First Amendment rights. As Ohio's only Christian Chamber of Commerce, the Christian Business Partnership stands in the gap to advocate for, to educate, and to celebrate Christian business owners. Joining the partnership also allows businesses to provide their employees with health care insurance, workers' compensation, and exclusive banking and educational discounts. To find out more and to join, go to cbpohio.org. That's cbpohio.org. And we're back on the narrative. Mike Andrews, David Mahan, rejoining you on the flip side of our break. And it's a bit of a different conversation that we're going to have today. 
for for this portion of the narrative. We're talking about a local issue to Ohio in the town of Xenia down near Dayton. And there was an incident, we talked about it last week, David, where the, the YMCA has been sort of the lightning rod or the focal point of this um, case that's come about because of a man who identified as a woman using right. the female changing facilities and allegedly exposing himself uh, over the course of several instances. And we're talking today with uh, Pastor Van Holloway and his wife, Janelle, and we're thankful for, for you being here to talk through some of the response and the difficulty that Christians are facing, not only in your town, but also everywhere in responding to things like this with truth and grace and love. And so we're really thankful to have this opportunity to chat with the both of you. That's our pleasure to be here. Thank Thank you. you. Uh, David, you've been following this uh, a lot more closely than I have. So just off the top here, I'm going to ask you to to kind of walk our listeners through uh, what you know, what's been going on down there and, and why we're having this conversation today. Thanks. So um, back in December, we were invited to a community meeting, um, which which happens often, right? Things we we are we are the ushers to the body of Christ down here at the state house, but we're also their amplifiers. So we get invited to a lot of these things. Um, it, the room was packed. Uh, there were a few state legislators in there. Um, there were several pastors and and folks in there, uh, of whom. Um, uh, Pastor Holloway was was in there, and they were expressing the fact that there were several families that had been affected by one particular uh, person who was just kind of hanging out in the bathroom. Um, sometime we, some of them said he had a towel on, and, and several times they said that he had nothing on. I mean, he's just completely naked, standing there watching folks undress, um, watching little girls, one as young as 11 years old, uh, undress. And um, I, I was I was I was stunned um, by the stories uh, from the three different people, but I was also impressed in the demeanor of the community that came together around this. Um, there wasn't, you know, any any it seemed like any animus. I mean, you could tell that the impact was strong. But um, I heard a lot of grace. I heard a lot of mercy for even the uh, the gentlemen involved. But at the same time, they were very clear, Mike, that this cannot be allowed. They were clear about the feelings that they felt when they realized that little girls would be soon coming out of the shower after them. Um, uh, one one pastor said that uh, I think I, I may have said this last um, last week that that the first time his 11 year old little girl um, saw a, a naked anatomy, a naked man was in that YMCA. Should have never happened, and and so what we have today is we've we've got Pastor Van and um, and his wife, um, and uh, they came down to the state house to kind of share their story to some of the members that you know this made national news. I don't know if some of you saw, but it was on um, you know Fox News, and uh, you know just it, it it really made a stir. So Pastor, I'm so thankful for you all coming down and sharing your stories, um, Mrs. Holloway. Could you share just a little bit briefly um, what what went on? Sure. I've been a part of the Xenia YMCA for a little over five years and regular swimmers there. And uh, that afternoon, uh, Janelle finished swimming and went into the locker room and uh, encountered an adult male that was not clothed and uh, uh, was quite disturbing. (laughs) Just say that. Uh, Got got her attention, got my attention. but unfortunately, uh, we just did not get a very good response from the YMCA. In fact, we just have been, we, we were shocked, I think. We, we, we really felt like 
letting them know what was going on was the right thing to do. And uh, in a lot of ways, it's been communicated to us that that was the wrong thing to do. We, we just should not have said anything. And we, why would you say anything? Kind of, so it's been, well, been a challenge. In a number of different areas throughout culture of that attempted silencing of, of Christians or of opposition to things like this that we're just supposed to go along with. What was it that, that made you want to stand up um, and continue to voice the issue even after you'd been told not to, to bring it to, the, to their attention? I think the, uh, one of the early on conversations with a Y administrator, uh, in a, when he mentioned to me that uh, if my wife was uncomfortable changing in a locker room with a man, that she could use another, uh, the, the family locker room. And I, I just could not get over the, the first part of that if she was uncomfortable. Like, what woman would be comfortable doing that? It, like, this was an, a, you know, an administrator who I would think would have not even thought of saying that. If a woman is uncomfortable changing in front of a man or a man changing in front of a uh, yes, that's reality. And so uh, being a, a teacher for many years and uh, a pastor, uh, I, I expressed to the why that I, I would not be able to continue working out swimming at the Y and watch women and hundreds of unaccompanied minors uh, girls on swim teams that get dropped off after school going in and out of a locker room if they're not aware of the dangers that are there. So, Pastor, I believe I heard you say at one point that there are several local schools that use that pool for their swim team. Yes, Am I sir. correct there? Yep. Wow. Okay. And is there anything posted that says, hey, here's our policy, you know, be careful if you're not comfortable with this, you know, proceed accordingly? Anything? <laughs> <laughs> uh there's not. Okay. There's not a, th a thing. And the confirmation of that uh, is that everyone that we've talked to in Xenia, and even outside of Xenia, that's heard about this situation has has been shocked by it. Hmm. This is happening at the Y. We, we can't believe that, you know? So, uh, and early on we asked, we asked the Y, our request was to review their policy. I think it's absurd. I think it's dangerous. Uh, I think it's uh, disrespectful for women. Uh, I think it's wrong to make women uh, have to go out of the way in a place where they should be safe, where right. they should just want to shower and change, right? And they expect safety. They expect some a level of privacy there. Right. And so uh, early on, our request was, please, just double-check this policy. What, like, what in the world are you doing? Right. And when the, the board and the president of the Greater Dayton Area YMCA came back and, and said, well, this is our policy, and we feel we've communicated it, satisfactorily to the community and then at that point my wife and I said well for the safety of our people our family in Xenia we need to let them know yeah you know th this is something that is not new to the YMCA we, we you know I, I've been in youth ministry a lot of years and, and working with kids across the country uh, for several years 
and several friends of my of my friends in law enforcement um if there's one organization that understands the need to protect children in changing facilities it's the ymca and boys and girls club um, they have documentation upon documentation for the last several decades um, that show these instances happening with men going into uh, sometimes little boys locker rooms and sometimes little girls locker rooms they know that this is a very real issue and they probably have the best data on it than anybody else in the country for them to act like there is nothing to see here that there's no need for women and girls in your community to um, to be concerned here uh, is a little disingenuous. Disingenuous. In your case, uh, Pastor, you know it's it's your wife. It's an adult woman. Uh, she knew how to respond in this situation. I believe, you know, it may have been in there for for quite some time um, with this individual. Um, but in some of the other cases, uh, they were dealing with children. Uh, matter of fact, the other two, um, I think, involved uh, uh, children. Um, for, for our listeners, is this guy, um, is he just in there with uh, with the towel on, facing the locker, head down? Listen, I, I know this is awkward for all of us. You know, um, I don't want to offend anybody, and I'm just going to keep my head down and do my thing and get out of here. Or is this somebody who is in there just walking around naked, looking at folks, um, trying to make people uncomfortable? Like, what do you have any kind of uh, feel for, for where this person is on that? conversations that that we've heard others that it, with similar experiences that's uh, it's more the latter david it's it's more that uh there are places within the locker rooms at the y the women and men's locker room for privacy mm. uh to go into a stower, shower stall and close the door or behind a curtain if one was seeking extra privacy and uh instead uh my understanding is all these incidents happened in the wide open spaces of a locker room well we mentioned that part of the reason we were so interested in in speaking with you as, as david outlined was the the gracious response toward this um i'm just wondering how has your your beliefs your christian faith helped informed how you go about the process from the moment that this event happened to uh, where we are today and and Acknowledging that this is an ongoing case, so we don't want to say too much, but just what has been a, a motivating factor because of your faith in all of this? Well, let me let me say this. Uh, I may be a, a pastor, an elder in our church, but uh, it was Janelle who uh, took time to print off all the verses of Psalm 27 and post them all around the walls of our home. Mm. And they've been there now for three months or more. But uh, what's the last verse that you see all the time? Um, it's Psalms twenty-seven, fourteen. Stay strong, and take heart, and wait on the Lord. And so that's that's the verse in our room when I wake up in the morning and I read that verse. And verse thirteen of that um, Psalm twenty-seven also says that you will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And, and I rely on the fact that, there, you know, something good is going to come out of this and we're going to hopefully see it. You know, has the community, um, how have they responded to this individual? I mean, is, you know, are folks, you know, picketing outside his home? You know, what, what's going on? I'm, I'm not sure. Um, I, he has he has a lot of support from the yeah. the LGBTQ community. 
I don't think folks in Xenia, uh, for the most part, uh, we have, from the very beginning, not made him the focus. Our, sure. our focus was on the why and on their policies, and uh, now it's kind of extended to when the why says we're following state law, whatever that means, we've learned more about that, right, and right. how words are interpreted. But uh, our, our motivation, uh, and I think the motivation of the, the folks that were at that meeting in December, okay. were for the good of our community. For the safety and for the protection of our community and and i think most people say just please let us know so parents can make decisions mm -hmm. let us know what's going on uh so this this case that that's come about uh secondarily with this individual and these uh, charges of indecent exposure uh in, in a way that's also just saying uh this is inappropriate. Please stop. It's going to get worse. It's going to get your people are going to be harmed by this. So it's still for his best. It's still for it's for the good of our community. And to be clear, as you said, this is this was a request for the YMCA to let people know. This wasn't seeking policy change or anything of that sort. It was merely clarification. Be upfront about what what may be encountered in these allegedly private spaces I think if they would have communicated clearly which I understand why they can't mm -hmm. <laughs> but if they would have communicated clearly to their members like they could have they have their membership roster I don't I had to we had we had to figure out how to communicate to our community right sure. but they could have sent a notice to their members regarding this incident incident or incidents like this and and probably phrased it of be careful or whatever. I don't know how you would do that, right? But if they would have done that, we'd probably still be members there swimming. Yeah, when you live in a land where the emperor has no clothes, I mean, that the policies get really weird, right? So I'm hearing that, you know, they offered this individual, there's three different uh, options that they gave this guy for public accommodations. And um, um, he, he, you know, so he has more options than anybody else in there. So if, if, if he's a girl, if he's a woman, then he should only have one option, right? But he, he can go in any uh, uh, of the of the chaining areas. Am I right on that? Or? Sure. Men's locker room, which I think would be most appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> There's a uh, individual family okay. uh, changing area. You get a key and you use that, and, and uh, he's welcome, and anyone's welcome to use that by request, or the women's. We, we've talked about this quite a bit, Mike, on, on the podcast, but... Yeah. Um, the Bostock case that just happened not too long ago, um, it, it basically said that 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 sex and and sex gender identity is now can be conflated, right? So when when you say sex in in uh, Title Nine and in Civil Rights Code, um, wherever the word sex is, you it can be conflated with gender identity. And in this particular case, um, they were very clear to say that this only pertains to discrimination law with employ employers. So Title VII, okay? So in Title VII, it talks about employment law. Um, Title IX is talking about schools and education and, and public accommodations within that realm. And they clearly said that this ruling does not apply to public accommodations in schools. Um, that was clearly laid out in, um, in the case. However, the Civil Rights Commission um, is is kind of taking, you know, taking that two, three, four, five steps ahead, 
and uh, and that's where a lot of these policies are coming from. Yeah, and you see the problem of that in 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 that there was no clear uh, clear guidance given, right. and there's too much gray area, and that's where all of these uh, rules and regulations are operating in an attempt to not get too close to what yeah. may be a violation. They're trying to create these wider margins that, in reality, are creating more problems. More problems. Yeah. It, it was very clear in the 64 Civil Rights Act um, that the, the, there, are, there is an area where you can discriminate, mm-hmm. and, and that is in, in, as it pertains to sex, especially with public accommodations because of the differences between males and females. Um, this was common sense, and for them to now say that, uh, oh, we've always known that sex included gender identity um, is just disingenuous at best. But uh, sorry that you all are going through all of this. Um, uh, are you in communication with, with other churches and pastors? Are they coming to you for wisdom in this area in terms of maybe policies in their churches? Or like, what, what, what are you hearing in the community? Uh, been a lot of learning ourselves. Yeah. Uh, catching up on <laughs> all all these all that's going on legally uh statewide nationally the the conversations that are happening uh yes there's a a, a core group of of other pastors and ministry leaders in Xenia that uh have been a great blessing to Janelle and I and uh are are standing together and uh, I think what they're doing is no different than what they've done a lot of these churches in the last, well, for as long as we've been in Xenia, the 30 years or so. Is This this is just another opportunity for the church to love Xenia. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot of churches that have a heart for the community of Xenia. And uh, here's a way to love. And so it's really not a different motivation it's just a different application of that motivation i was so thankful to see you all um communicating with the legislators a lot of times when it comes to this issue folks are fussing and screaming and and you know the media is only going to give you one side and um and and a lot of them are afraid of the media down here and then you've got the the lobbyists um on the other side are are big money lobbyists and very powerful uh, entities within themselves and to see you all carry yourselves with such grace and mercy and love the way you did. Uh, truly an example um, down here, and we really, really appreciate what you're doing. Appreciate your stance. Uh, how, how can we pray for you all? Um, because I also saw a little pain. Uh, uh, great decorum and you know over there, but I saw a little pain uh, as well. How can we pray for you in, in, in the community? Uh, pray uh, for courage that uh, the truth we know and love we know but the scriptures tell us to put those two together mm. and uh, so we we continually want we want to represent Jesus correctly as best as we can and we knew when we st- we talked about this. We said, I said, Janelle, if this gets out there, there will be people in the name of Jesus that misrepresent, that do things that we would not be comfortable doing, we wouldn't think would be the right things to do. But we have to be willing to accept that. But we can pray against that. 
and uh, what's been what's been challenging the last couple of days is some people in the name of Jesus actually have uh, you know accused us of not loving of not loving the right way of not loving a, a person who claims to be transgender and uh, it can't be farther from the truth we do care deeply and the truth that we understand is please come away from this lifestyle please come to where god wants you to flourish where he's designed you to be so uh that's our that's our motivation so prayer for the the for believers to to be able to blend truth and love beautifully and for this and and for the gospel to go out right there's people that need christ in this and there's a lot of people that are hurting and uh, so that's that's where it would be and if if this can if this continues this gender identity stuff i also see that it just ruins what's in our society it's going to ruin summer camps that host overnight it's going to ruin schools that want to go on trips and anything overnight. It's already we've seen the impact in our communities on sports teams and the, the divisiveness. And it just it ruins and breaks things. It, it's, it doesn't bring anyone healing and freedom. It, it just destroys the fabric. And so, uh, you know, may God be merciful. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know where it's going to end. And that's that's OK. I want to be faithful. I want God's church to be faithful, to figure out in this moment in our culture how to be active, how to respond. So What a great example. I mean, I, I, Mike, I wish you could have been over there. It, it wasn't about anybody coming after somebody or going after this group, which is which is the narrative that we typically hear in the media, yep, right? It's it is, like yep. it's the left against the right. It's the progressive against the conservative. This was about protecting people. Um, protecting maybe a little boy or girl struggling with their genders in the bathroom and a pedophile or a perv comes in there and that child is in danger too, right? Um, and, and, and so a lot of times what you hear in the media is that, well, this individual, just because somebody identifies as trans or struggles with their identity, this is automatically, you know, somebody... Listen, any male on the planet on any given day could walk into that particular YMCA, say, identify as such and such, and that child, any child in that room is in danger. And nobody knows that more than the YMCA. So, again, thank you so much for your stance and thank you so much for supporting and protecting and not attacking. Yeah. And could I just ask maybe practically, and I know we can't prescribe A, B, and C to every single situation, but if there was another community or another church that felt called to step up and speak out on a similar issue, do you have any advice or or how you might encourage them uh, as they had to take a similar type stand? Uh, I think it's important to to be patient and know their position. And we we worked our way up over four weeks from the local Xenia YMCA eventually to the president and the board of the Greater Dayton YMCA because. So the policies, the directions are coming from somewhere, and so I, I guess along that process, I couldn't really believe that this really was where it was going to end, but it did, and so uh, I think it's important to because that over our six years, we never had any 
any issues with the folks in Detsenia YMCA. They were very hospitable and very courteous and very helpful and knew us by name. And uh, so a lot of times the people out front take the heat, but I think it's important to go and work, work through that and see really where it's coming from and then make those appeals. And, uh, and if it's wrong, have the courage just to ask God, ask the Spirit, what are you asking me to do because of this wrong, right? And uh, God has different people in different places using their gifts to, to influence. And so uh, it's wrong what we experienced. It's not right. It's not, it's not safe. And so I've uh, been highly motivated by that. But yeah, just have people to, to be willing to take action because if one person does, maybe it's similar to our situation. Maybe others have had a common experience and that'll give them the courage and the boldness to step up too. We're so thankful that you took time to talk with us today. Our prayers are certainly with you. We thank you for responding to the call that God gave you in this situation. Uh, we'll be praying for you throughout and uh, really, really appreciate the perspective that you gave us today. Sure. Well, you're very welcome. And pray for us and pray for pray for an individual that needs Christ. Yep. Yeah, thanks for having us. This episode of The Narrative has been presented by CCV and produced by Wessler Media. If you found today's episode insightful, go ahead and leave us a review or a rating and please subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts. The Narrative is hosted by me, Mike Andrews, Aaron Bear, and David Mahan. Take care, and we'll see you next time on The Narrative.